0: Right. there it is are we recording now yeah welcome back Great. to catechized
1: <laughs> the podcast where we discuss the historic reform confessions and catechisms i'm your host josh with me as always is my co-host saint john the divine patron saint of of Elsie. say hi john yes of sk- patron saint of skim
0: milk that should be me Ugh. you're yeah, from
1: a I'm- you're from a town named after a cow and you prefer skim milk that's the yeah. most blasphemous thing i've ever heard in my no, whole life it's a it's a big michigan thing skim milk mm-hmm. no it's not mm-hmm. yeah everyone if it is it. that's why everyone prefers <laughs>
0: wisconsin cows uh, no. unbelievable Michigan's great and also, Michigan is great but skim milk Michigan's is a lie. Michigan skim milk is also great.
1: Skim Actually, milk. Is...
0: I, I might go grab a glass after we record the day to reward you myself. You don't even have Michigan day. skim milk in your <laughs> Virginia home. <laughs> You're right. I don't. But I'll go grab a glass of the old uh, fraudulent Virginia
1: skim. Here's uh, here well maybe it's, I don't know where it's from. I don't. Does Virginia have cows? Um, it's gotta somewhere. Like that many though. Anyways, I think here's my theory about skim milk. So at the milk factory, after they buy all the, the, the uh, whole unprocessed, <laughs> unpasteurized milk from the dairy farms, they've got several vats, and and they they uh, they have a vat of like pasteurized whole milk, and then of two percent milk, and then of one percent milk, and they don't and have they any just put water in. No, there. they don't have any skim milk vats. What they do is after they drain all the milk vats into bottles. They rinse them out, and the rinse water from all the other milk vats is what skim milk is. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, Skim milk was invented as a money-saving ploy by the dairy uh, dairy industry. (laughs) It's not real. Uh, I, I stand by that theory. There's no evidence for it other than the fact that that's what skim milk tastes like are you a whole guy or a two percent guy uh i prefer whole but i like two percent and i will even drink one if it's around but if it's like do you want skim milk or water or to go thirsty i would not get skim milk that's funny yeah if 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 like a host gave it to me i wouldn't be rude and not drink it but i would i would do everything to avoid skim milk because i think it's just gross (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah i think it's to- it's it's totally one of those things where it's whatever you're raised on so if you're raised on whole milk skim milk feels was- like water and if you're raised on skim milk whole milk feels like a milkshake
1: for breakfast i was raised on two percent and what is wrong with a milkshake for breakfast um- you're right oh you know what growing <laughs> up that was a funny thing we thought that was normal
0: and so we'd go to mcdonald's wait and are be you like, serious yeah no joke we <laughs> went to McDonald's. There were times when we your to father is a physician. <laughs> well, my, my father was spearheading it. He's a big, uh, he's a big uh, milkshake guy. <laughs> but um, we would go to McDonald's and be like, yeah, could I get a McGriddle and a vanilla milkshake? And it was like, OK, I guess. We just thought that was normal. I think I swear I think it's because of my dad like well good for him he then went played like hours of
1: basketball to work it
0: off and speaking Uh, of swearing josh shall we get into the episode today that
1: was a segue that was all right (laughs) um yeah we are back in the 10 commandments hope you like that charlest charleston heston instagram post (laughs) recently (laughs) we're back in the 10 commandments (laughs) with uh i love that movie i used to always watch it on easter anyway stand focused Um, With the third commandment, which John was right to segue with uh, cursing or swearing or whatever he said, uh, because it is about the Lord's name and not taking it in vain. Um, So we're going to continue with that pattern where we read um, uh, all the questions relevant to the commandment and kind of break the episode up by question. Uh, And then we actually do have a questions with the catechumens at the end. Good clean fun. Send us your questions, catechize at gmail.com, or send us any thoughts, concerns, or whatever. Uh, but yeah, let's let's get started. John, uh, well, this is going to be uh, the third commandment is covered by the shorter catechisms, questions fifty three through fifty six. Um, so we're going to start with questions fifty three and fifty four. If you want to, if you want to, oh, take, take yeah. it
0: away. Here we go. Question fifty three of the Westminster Shorter Catechism, which is the third commandment. And here's the answer: the third commandment is. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. And moving on to question 54, what is required in the third commandment? And the answer is, the third commandment requireth the holy and reverent use of God's name, or God's names, titles, attributes, ordinances, word, and works. Nice. There you go. (laughs)
1: Thanks, John. And here you go. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No charge for that. Yeah. Questions uh, 53 and 54 of the Westminster Shorter Catechism. Uh, First, what is the third commandment? The third commandment is, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. And 54, what is required in the third commandment? third the third commandment requires the holy and reverent use of God's names, titles, attributes, ordinances, word and works. Nice. Um yes. so John and, as as John and I were talking earlier, we we were talking about how <laughs> even more even more than with the other commandment questions, the third commandment questions really overlap and so <laughs> <laughs> like different finding different things to talk about within the different questions is uh is a, uh, well i mean we'll give you what we've got but it's we're gonna try to not uh to not cross over and be redundant yeah um but it's probably gonna happen yeah we'll see um we'll but do our best when when i was when i was prepping the first thing that i kind of thought of was like at least when I was little, I don't know about you or, or other people, but when I was little and I heard the third commandment, I was just like, "Oh, I say, "Oh my gosh, I don't say, "Oh my God, so yeah. I'm good. I don't break the third commandment i I don't take the lord's name in vain yep um and, that was, that was and mine I thought it well. was easy as that and uh and then, like as I grew up and and kind of realized that's not like the whole thing, there were other people who understood the breadth of the third commandment way better and kept it according to the breadth of all that is meant by the third commandment way better than I did. But they said, Oh my God. And I was like, what the heck? Um, I was, I was was scandalized. No, but, but it's funny because sometimes people get the letter of the law and don't miss and miss the spirit of the law. And sometimes people get the spirit of the law and miss the letter of the law. And with the third commandment, especially i think you you need to have both like yeah. we we need to be concerned to to um honor god's name and and all that is entailed in that mm-hmm. a- and and one of the easiest ways that we forget to do that is in the most literal sense of not using god's wo- name as an expletive as a as a swear word um yeah. which we do in our culture without even giving it a second thought and i yeah. I just think that's that's interesting that this highlights like there is a breadth and a and a kind of simpleness of this commandment like yeah don't take god's name don't use god's name vainly but there's a lot that is in, in, entailed and wrapped up in that yeah there's a lot
0: more there than just don't don't say this word formula um but There's oh, more yeah. than
1: meets the eye it's the, it's, yeah. a, it's a real transformer of a commandment, <laughs>
0: yeah, I was gonna say it's a iceberg of a commandment, but I feel like it's actually Fine. it's actually like it's really the only reason it means that don't say this, you know is because we're just so used to that being sort of the way we present it, sort of glossing it over and and not focusing on any of the other sort of
1: implications of the commandment, and basically right.
0: just thinking like, oh I'll just you know.
1: It's, it's a lot easier also to think that you're doing a good job at listening to the commandment if it just is like, if it's real. here's the short list of, like, yeah. maybe this is a helpful thing. It, when, uh, so I had this box in my classroom called the question box. And if a student had a question that was off topic, I would have them write it down and put it in the box. Or if they had a question that they were like, not comfortable to ask and have it associated with them but still want it answered at another point they would write it down and put it in the box yeah and then i when when we had free time in class i would pull questions out of the box and answer them and we'd talk about them as a class and mm-hmm. from that came a like some just some boy who was like basically looking for uh free reign to say bad words (laughs) and he was asking like why is it bad to swear and things like that and i was like technically the bible like doesn't say here's a list of words you can't say don't say them Mm -hmm. Uh, and he was like yes i knew it and then i was like but the bible's requirement of how you use your tongue are much more strict and much more difficult to to like like yeah Honoring God with your language is, is much more than just don't say this bad word. And I think a lot of Christians think like, as long as you don't do this one simple thing, you've completed the thing. You've done all that God asks of you. Yeah. But when God demands, and I think that's kind of what this is, God demands that that his name and him, him be honored uh, appropriately and not blasphemed. There's a lot more to that than just don't don't say his name in the bad way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Josh, two things I want to just briefly bring up, if you don't mind, before we move on. <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, So the first one, the first one I think is interesting, you know, maybe gives us a helpful insight into ancient Israel's understanding of this commandment. Oh, yes. To some extent, at least, is Heck yeah. Um, the fact that when when they would read the their the scriptures, the Old Testament, they would not pronounce God's name, so God appeared um, to you know Moses in the burning bush and told him, "I am. My name is. I am that I am." Um, it reveals His name, Yahweh. Um, but when reading the scriptures, they, the the Israelites would not say Yahweh um, in fear that they may t- might take it in vain. Instead, they would say Adonai, which is Lord, um, and so. The the idea here is that they when they, you know, when they hear this commandment, they're so afraid to misuse the name of the Lord that they do not use it casually, even in reading of the Bible. And I'm not saying, you know, we need to do that, but what I am saying is I think that gives us an idea of the sort of severity of this command. And you don't, the,
1: the reverence that is rightfully derived from this command.
0: Yeah. You don't you don't mess around with the name of the Lord. You don't uh You know, use it casually. Um,
1: I think, uh, I don't know, you can cut me off if this connects to what your second point is, but I think there's also something significant about like, why is God so concerned with his name? Which is kind of what we'll get to with question 56. Um, But uh, there's this, like, God's name isn't just like, oh, John is John and the name John, you have the name John, and so do most other white guys. Yeah, um, <laughs> so true. And then every other culture has a slight variation of it. Um, Juan, Juan, Johannes. Johannes. <laughs> uh. Uh, anyways, um, <laughs> but 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 God's name when Moses asks to see God later, um, not not in, in the the burning bush uh, scene, but later in Exodus, I think. Um, could be in other place in the. Uh, in the Pentateuch, Um, God is like, I'm not gonna, you can't see me. Um, But he passes by Moses and he proclaims his name, the Lord, the Lord, a God, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Uh, uh, and, And so there is this, synonymous connection between God's name and God and who he is yeah. and so to to revere God's name is to revere God because God's name is the revelation of the one true God and it's how yeah. we know him specifically it's how we as his covenant people know him as the f- covenantly faithful God and so mm. God's name isn't just like the casual moniker by which he goes by it it is the representation of the one true living creator God, it is It is uh, uh, synonymous with him. And, and we don't kind of have that connection and reverence. Uh, maybe back in the day when people like, there were kings and stuff, and you don't dishonor the king's name, because if you dishonor the king's name, you're dishonoring the king. Um, th- that same idea, but at a greater level applies to God. It, it, you, when you dishonor his name, that is a way to to defile and, and to blaspheme himself. And yeah. I think that connection between his being the person that the being who is God, the train God and his name, they're, they are not so disconnected as we maybe Think of yeah. names and people. Yep. The name is a lot more bound up with who he is.
0: Nice. Um, That's well said. Yeah. I, so the second, the second question was wildly different. <laughs> so, okay, cool. So, so here you go. I, <laughs> What are Josh? What are our thoughts on "quote unquote" secondhand swearing, which was weirdly a thing in homeschool circles around me growing up, aka my circles. Um, and so,
1: what is secondhand swearing like? Oh my the, goodness! Yeah, oh my goodness! That <gasps> you just my, swapped it. Okay, yeah. my dad or called like, it substitute swearing.
0: Yeah, or dang it, you know, yeah. or um,
1: what the heck? I mean, know, this is a little like, off-topic. Here, here are my two thoughts, two quick thoughts. It's it's one, awesome. I'm just curious. <laughs> one, it's always an issue of the heart. Like yeah. if you say, screw you, that, that probably, you probably have the same heart of someone who yells F you to a guy. Yeah. Like probably. And so it's just as sinful. It's always a matter of the heart. But also as I retorted as a smart aleck, <laughs> there's a substitute swear for you, a smart aleck kid to my dad who's like no substitute swears i was like everything is a substitute swear if i stub my toe and go ah that's being substituted for a swear or if i say oh fudge when i stub my toe that's of course i'm i'm yeah if like everything that is said in a moment of exasperation is a substitute swear what am i supposed to do just that's wide in my eyes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> ah, <laughs> and so that that like on the one pain. hand, everything's a substitute swear. If you're trying to not say a word that is maybe not good to be said in, often, I don't know. Um, that, g- good. But also yeah. it's always a matter of the heart. So don't think that just because you're saying a substitute swear, you're somehow some holy saint.
0: Yeah, I was. That's basically my view as well. Not this is not important, but I was just. I just thought it was. I thought it would be fun to ask. I we have like, me and Josh used to have a roommate who would totally <laughs> oh, not the, swear, but it, he would. He would basically just sort of like. he would
1: say all the consonants of the swear word,
0: <laughs> and so it was basically. It was pretty much the exact same thing as swearing, with just a slight enunciation difference. Yeah, he was and like, he was like, like it like, doesn't it,
1: count. It's like you're just being a pansy. Like if you're getting that close. Yeah. Just say the word, or like get or a hold of yourself. Get
0: get a hold of yourself, and yeah, uh, get some good, control.
1: Good dude, though. But why did you do that? Yeah, <laughs> uh, An- I anyways. still make fun
0: of him when I see him. <laughs> that seems it, fair. But
1: should treat- we should we move on? Yeah, <laughs> I <laughs> guess the gist of the first is like God's name and His His being, His honor, uh, His holiness, and reverence for His holiness are very intentionally intertwined, and and we yeah. should take seriously the keeping and, and making and proclaiming as holy um, all that is God uh, and all that communicates who God is um, chief amongst those ways of communicating God being his name. Uh, and we should take those things seriously. Um, and, 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 and yeah, let's, let's do question 55 now.
0: Sweet. It shall be done. Question 55 of the Westminster Shorter Catechism. What is forbidden in the Third Commandment? And the answer is, the Third Commandment forbiddeth all profaning or abusing of anything whereby God maketh
1: himself known. Nice. Again for you, question 55 of the Shorter Catechism. What is forbidden in the Third Commandment? The Third Commandment forbids all profaning or abusing of anything whereby God makes himself known. And so, I think comically enough, to discuss question 55, we're going to go back to 54. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it, uh, because in 54, it kind of enumerates or it delineates or lists. That's a that's a regular person word. Uh, yeah. It lists all the ways God has made himself known. Uh, and his names, titles, attributes, ordinances or laws or commands, word and works. And so, basically, what mm-hmm. question 55 is saying is... Uh, don't take names, titles, attributes, ordinances, so on, um, and profane or abuse them. And so what we're going to kind of hopefully quickly do is work our way through each of those ways that God has made himself known and kind of show the breadth of the third commandment by talking about what abusing or profaning each one of those ways God has made himself known is. How that might look, what might, what might it look like to abuse or profane the name of God or the titles of God or the attributes of God and so on. And and I think that hopefully the goal in this is to say that, yes, we need to revere God and and make holy his name, hallow be his name, to quote Mm -hmm. uh, jesus in the, in the <laughs> lord's prayer that's that was so <laughs> terrible that was probably taking the lord's name in vain right there yeah um, <laughs> jesus. yeah that was being good. being arrogant with it uh i repent um but but uh how might we um revere god's name beyond just not using it as a curse word or basically this is the list of of what to not do according to the commandment, the third commandment. Yeah, how to um, hold up
0: the third commandment?
1: Yeah, so so I guess I mean quickly, I'll, I will kind of like run through these and then break to clarify if if we feel necessary. But yeah, um, like to to profane or abuse the names of God would be like we've been saying using God's name as an, a swear word. Oh my God! Or or um, I I think that there is something in our in our culture even where we can get too irreverent in our prayers and, uh, use like, uh, j- just not, um, treat God with enough reverence and, 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 honor in the way that we pray and be too mm-hmm. casual. Like we can cry out to God, our father with the power of the spirit crying Abba. Uh, we can call out to him as our father. Uh, and that is an amazing truth, but sometimes we, we might, um, overstep the realities of the intimacy and, and father-child relationship that we have with God because of what Christ has done, making us yeah. sons and daughters of the living God and and forget that God is also to be honored and revered. And so I think even irreverent prayers are a way that we could, would profane God's name. Um, there's also kind of people who like, <laughs> I, I, this kind of feels like picking on charismatic people, but that, that kind of just outbursts like, random uh random like often hebrew terms or titles or names of god and kind of this like outburst fashion do you know what i'm talking about john
0: oh yeah as in like sort of using them almost as like talisman
1: yeah um, like using god's name as like a, a talisman or a lucky a lucky yeah. charm thing or just like you know if i just
0: if i just Say his name, everything will be good. Or I don't know, like sort of just rather than relying on God for who He is, relying just on the name as like a
1: yeah, like being like like being, a magic spell almost. Um, yeah, m- like mystical, divorced from truth and hope in actual the God of the name. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I guess kind of just being irreverent or casual with the name of God. You, um. Go ahead. You know, I think on this one actually, there's probably a, some
0: biblical stuff related to magic as well in the use of God's name. Like, um, I think in, you know, in the ancient, you know, ancient Israel, ancient Canaan or whatever, they would, um, you know, oftentimes you would use God in sort of like a divination formula or something like that. Um, And, you know, divination is pretty roundly slammed throughout the Pentateuch but i think that's also a little bit implicit here like don't don't you dare use the name of the lord in any sort of inappropriate manner like that
1: either if yeah, you're not don't, worshiping don't, him don't don't associate god's name with things that he has called profane yeah um and and wrong and sinful yeah which I, which we might do all too easily yeah that's another thing like association of god's name with a thing that he has uh uh call, like called evil yeah and i I might be jumping ahead
0: here but i think even swearing by god's name is another thing that i don't know i don't know where the bible's position on that because jesus says like you know don't swear by anything but then there's a decent amount of times where you know god swore swears by himself because there's no greater name and so well there's a difference between god doing a thing
1: and people doing a thing (laughs) wait Um, really yeah (laughs) wild (laughs) um yeah yeah. I, I think it, I think there's like, yeah, you let your yes be yes and your no be no. And, and yeah. that's not to say that no vow is good. We, we value vows, membership vows, marriage vows, baptism vows, things like that. But, yeah. um, don't casually like appeal to God, uh, for some, like th- when I was growing up, kids would all the time be like, like, I swear to God, I'm telling the truth. I swear to God, like that's, yeah. don't do that. <laughs> don't yeah. do that. Um, But yeah, so anything from casual, like, use of God's name or associating it with something, I think even, like, the New Age does this thing where they, like, there's a famous, like, relatively famous in some circles tweet by that former Christian musician. Uh, Michael Gunger, I forget his first name something Gunger, um but he was like Jesus was Christ Buddha was Christ Muhammad is Christ Christ is this whatever consciousness something and it's very new age and it's very whatever but that's that's like a profaning of God's name associating him with like taking taking God and associating him with other (laughs) false things um and perverting and distorting what uh what and who God is Um, by associating his name's name with false falsehood um i I guess the same goes for titles Um, moving to the the next next thing yeah um uh one of those i would argue is is claiming titles that belong to god for yourself like the vicar of christ as the pope calls himself (laughs) yeah um to pick fights i guess (laughs) um or or ascribing to others what 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 is to be ascribed to god alone um I, i've i've interacted with some some interesting kind of maybe nature people and in like i am much more much more green than probably the average i don't know i don't know what i would associate whatever um but i i think we should take care of the planet i'm not i'm not saying global warming is whatever it is i don't I, i'm not even kind of enter that conversation because no yeah but we're we're a catechism podcast, <laughs> <laughs> right? But I but like I I'm not just some like yeah waste the earth because it's ours person. Yeah, um, like we should take care of it because God said so. Anyways, Burn the oil fields. But for- <laughs> I have interacted with Christians who are like super green or kind of super hippie, and they often are like say things about Mother Earth, and I'm like, don't th- th- that's God's creation, and so like even something that simple as like ascribing to God. Like the 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 works of his the beautiful works of his hands that are in creation to this ambiguous like semi pagan idea of Mother Earth, <laughs> yeah, um, that's not good either. Like yeah. like when we see the beauty of creation, let let us the create just as creation declares the glory of God. Let us in marveling at creation do the same, and anything that would hinder that uh, is, is taking from God and His name, glory and honor due to Him. The beauty of creation ought to lead us to praising God because He made it that way. Yeah. Um, so, just little and a lot of this seems really little, but I think that's the point: is that uh, we we we're it's so easy for us to associate things that ought to honor and glorify God's name with other stuff. And to take God's name and associate it with mundane, profane, or sinful things, that it's so easy to break this commandment because we don't think about it. And yeah. I think that's, I guess, kind of the point. Um, I, I I, thought of a weird one,
0: actually, I was thinking about for titles. There's a decent amount of musical artists who sort of
1: have... You know, Tyler, sort of, the creator?
0: <laughs> well, I wasn't even going to say... I was going to say, like, Jay-Z refers to himself as, like, Hove or Hova which yeah. is short for Jehovah. Oh yeah. People um, do that all the time. Or you know, Kanye I mean, West, Jesus, like He
1: repented though, I believe. Hopefully. Well, um, I, I think he did. Yeah. I, I'm excited about the Kanye conversion and hopeful for it. Mainly because he just seems like a true baby Christian who's really earnest. <laughs> and a lot of people are like, he said this thing. And I'm like, yeah, he's been a Christian for 14 minutes. He's yeah. not going to have great theology.
0: Um, yeah, and 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 his counselor right now is like Joel Osteen, and no, no, he's
1: he's distanced himself from him. His, no, I, I know his I'm, pastor was a, a student of John MacArthur's, I believe. I'm just
0: saying when you when you don't know, like oh, sure, 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 what, sure, sure. When you don't, when you're new to Christianity, you don't realize that Joel Osteen is rough. You know, you're just yeah, like his oh, his books are in off. the Christian book section. So yeah, um, but my yeah. point was that these people have taken names that are ascribed should be ascribed to God alone and have like applied them to themselves yeah, in this
1: weird way. In this weird, perfect embodiment of the succumbing to Satan's temptation from the garden. Um, (laughs) So next attributes, again, kind of denying certain attributes or overemphasizing others. I think different Christian traditions, um, tend to fail to recognize the goodness of certain of God's attributes that's a way to to blaspheme God to somehow have a problem with God's justice or God's wrath um uh that's that is um um taking from God something that he has said about himself that is blaspheming the name of the Lord um and and it's almost saying like I am more just or more loving than God Mm -hmm. if you uh, if you um, deny certain of his attributes and overemphasize others, um, and 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 then there are other ch- other traditions or other churches that that um, forget that God is love and they are only proclaiming the wrath of God. That's just as yeah. bad as the inverse. Uh, that one Baptist church the, is. There? Yeah, I'm thinking of kind of like very uh, love is love quote unquote Christians and then the Westboro Baptist quote unquote church. Yeah, I <laughs> would um, I would not. I would not Um, quote unquote, church is right. (laughs) Yeah, and yeah. So, but that's that's a thing. Like we, whether it's to the it's easy to use really blatant uh, violations of that, um, uh, of that error. But it's also it's a much more common to to a lesser extent for a church to not focus on um the maybe harder to deal with of God's attributes or to properly focus on the the grace and love of God and do so at the expense of other ones that, that make the grace and love of God um, glorious. Uh, yeah. And so I, uh, or, or even like, um, uh, like the, the, like there's maybe the peace of God that we often don't emphasize. Um, and in a yeah. world where anxiety and stress are heightened and, and take more people captive than maybe in the past, Um, maybe we forget to emphasize that to know Christ is to know peace. And and that is a way to not give to God the fullness of the honor to his name. Yeah. I,
0: I was, I was talking to a friend a couple weeks ago and I remember he said he's a Christian, but he said something to the effect of like, it sort of was one of those. He basically said something like, you know, I don't think God would do that. Like, as in cast judgment on, you know, a certain group of people or something. And it was sort of this, like in my head, I was like, so you're kind of saying like, you're more loving than God. Like basically what that means is you're not more loving than God. You're just less just than God. (laughs) Right. And so, um,
1: yeah, we, we, again, just like we like to take God's names and titles for ourselves. We also like to, um, cling to the attributes of God, which we (sighs) Think are better or oh
0: yeah it's basically sorry josh i know no 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 it's great Go. Um, go. it it it's sort of like this um we make god in our image you know sort of maybe a little bit turning back to what we talked about last week you know we make god in our image in that we um you know god starts looking like us the attributes we like um yeah, we yeah. worship a God of our own design. Yeah, he starts which, having so that. edge. And so we
1: become like every other pagan in history. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, we, we basically start like, you know, oh, I kind of like this part of God. Oh man, that's that's good. I don't think God meant this. I don't like that part. And so God starts to, it, it starts to get a little weird where God starts to agree with us in every way. There's no, there's no friction because we've just kind of washed that out. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking, you know, I think a lot of, maybe a lot of modern discussion of like i don't know homosexuality or something like that we've started to create form god's attributes in our own image into what we emphasize we put into the mouth of god sure and so yeah and i yeah.
1: think in the inverse of that um one of the ways that we that we violate the third commandment is in our image bearing We are meant to bear God's image in creation. Um, And part of that is by like embodying the communicable attributes of God. We are to be just as God is just loving as God is loving, truthful as God is true. And um, when our existence proclaims, God is like this. And so when we sin, we are, we are perverting and distorting the image of God Um, because when we act, we say God is like this. And so we're supposed to be just and good and truthful and loving because that's what God is like. And when we lie, we 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 blaspheme the name of the Lord by saying God is like this, and then we lie. God is not a liar. Mm-hmm. There is no lie in him. He is truth. Uh, and so our image bearing, the very fact that by our nature, we bear God's image, um, results in us breaking the third commandment when we do things that do not reflect the character and and nature of god because our existence is meant to do that yeah and so every sin of ours is a false proclamation of who god is um yeah when we as image bearers say god is like this when he is not and so yeah like yeah we 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 misrepresent his attributes in our image bearing all the time um moving on to kind of kind of kind of Pick, the, pick up the pace, maybe um, yeah, God's ordinances or his laws, both legalism and antinomianism or, or anti lordship, like Jesus saved me, but I don't have to listen to him or righteous uh, to know righteousness by obedience, that my obedience kind of merits righteousness or contributes to righteousness or maintains righteousness, whatever flavor of the day you want to go with all make a mockery of God by both denying the law, God's law is good, or ascribing to his law what God ascribes to his gospel alone. We mock God when we say, well, it doesn't matter if you do X, Y, Z sins, or if you don't do X, Y, Z good things that God commands you, because God has said in his law that these things are good. Um, And we also mock God when we say the law accomplishes this, when God has said, no, it is only by my gospel that that is accomplished. Yeah. Um, And we mock God by belittling the things he cares about and, and twisting law and gospel. The law is good, but it exists for certain things. We have an episode a little while back that talks about that. Um, The, the gospel saves, but it does not save you to sin so that grace may abound. Uh, And so, whether we stray f- too far one way or another when we mishandle God's laws or commands or ordinances we mock God by not caring about what he cares about or by saying that the law does m- more than it does mm. yeah um, yeah um, i didn't does I that was... make sense i kind of was i went through that really fast
0: yeah no i think that makes sense basically the idea is here is like you twisting the the law or the um yeah, I'm almost going to blend it in with the next one, so I feel like I so uh, shut up. Let me, so like,
1: um, if God says, uh, do not lie, he does say that. God says, do not lie. If we say, if you lie, you hate God and you aren't a Christian, that's legalism. If you say, yeah. you don't have to, you can lie. It doesn't matter. That's Who antinomianism. Yeah. If we say, lie so that grace may abound, uh, it doesn't affect your salvation. That's kind of anti-lordship. Or if you say that, Your telling of the truth perpetuates and builds up or or promotes your your righteousness before God. Um, Not lying does not justify us. Telling the truth does not make us right before God. But the law is good. The law, and it is good to tell the truth, and it is good to not lie. And so when we stray in either direction, we are mocking God because he has said, telling the truth is good, lying is wrong. Um, and so we ought to tell the truth, but we ought to tell the truth in response to the grace of the gospel, holding the law in its proper place. Oh yeah, Um, maybe that summarizes a little better. No, I think I think that helps. Cool.
0: It's yeah, it's funny how you know when you read this commandment, like in the Bible, we're so used to just such a short reading, and then as you read through the catechism on it, you're like, oh. This covers so much,
1: (laughs) (laughs) right? Which is for sure, it is. Next, last two in this section, um, word. Uh, When we and I think this one's pretty simple. Like, don't abuse the Bible. Don't, don't, don't. Which that's the most pervasive sin in the American quote unquote church today is that we misuse God's word, and sometimes it's intentionally, sometimes it's unintentionally. Um. Uh, also like people swearing on the Bible. That's probably part of this as well. I don't know. A reference regarding what God has revealed generally is bad, but but so often teachers, either by their negligence, teachers and pastors, by their negligence, accidental ignorance, willful ignorance, um, false teaching, or whatever, we pervert and use the word of God. Sometimes, like your Joel Osteen's, to get rich, Paul condemns and, and Peter yeah, condemns their pictures big. of false teachers, um, or whether it's to promote or allow for certain things the Bible has called sinful, um, whether it be, uh, uh, sexual sin of a variety of kinds that have been excused many, many different kinds, whether it be, um, anger, uh, uh, or or pride or other there's all sorts of sins that we pretend don't matter um or we excuse or we call them good because we mishandle god's word um yeah. there are all sorts of teachings doctrinal issues that arise from a misuse of god's word and to misuse god's word is to blaspheme his name yeah you, the you were revealed, about to talk about something i was basically just gonna
0: say it's you know the bible is the revealed word of god and so as such it's it's what God wants us to know about Him, and so when we use it flippantly or casually, or I think, I think oftentimes, you know, you mentioned like not knowing enough about it. Like that is, if you're teaching and you don't know enough about it, that is in itself you know, wrong. A a lack of you shouldn't be leading if you don't know. And so I think
1: here's one of my pet peeves. Sorry, side note, pet peeve oh, from the from the Christian school world. Too often in my time in private Christian schools, I have heard people say, anyone can teach the Bible... (laughs) <laughs> and it's like you need a master's degree in math to teach algebra, or you need a whatever to teach biology, and you need all these degrees and certifications to teach every other subject. Yeah. And then when it gets to the Bible, they're like, yeah, anyone can do that, or like a school will have oh. like all these specialty teachers for every subject matter, and then everyone gets a Bible class because they don't want to hire hire someone who's been trained in 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 Scripture because anyone can do that. Yeah. That- you need to t- like. Yes, God's word, the clarity of scripture is a doctrine that that teaches and and we affirm that that the truth of God's word, especially the truth regarding salvation, who God is, who man is and, and and how we can be reconciled to God, that is clear enough for a child to understand it. Um but God charges that teachers um are going to be held to a stricter judgment and we should not be so casual with our expectation for who should teach God's word. Yeah. I know that's a personal complaint um but it it it's it's re- it, like reveals something about the character of our of our culture that like we think that god's word can be treated and taught and and handled so casually and flippantly yeah but yeah. um works also um I think a lack of trust in god is is a negligence to see that God has kept his promises in the past, and that is a way that we blaspheme god by by not trusting or acting in confidence and 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 in the truth and, and hope of that God will do what he says he will do um, or ascribe to another thing, something that God has done. Like, uh, like if we, if we, I don't know, if we have some, if we work really hard and and acquire and like achieve some success, we often are like, thanks mom. And also I worked so hard for this. Uh, yeah. And if something <laughs> kind of happens uh, out out of nowhere, we're like, Oh, that was a God thing. Uh, as if God is only active when we are negligent and and foolish. Um, and that God does not give us everything that we have, um, even the things we work very hard for. Um, and, and so it's very easy for us to ascribe to ourselves, even, um, uh, God's work in our lives or works in the past. Um, and, and we shouldn't do that
0: yeah or i think even ascribing god like i'm i'm thinking of i was just reading um was it is it first kings i think first kings where jeroboam sets up idols and then is basically like these are the gods that brought you out of egypt worship them and um he's basically ascribing the you know the work of the one true god to the idols he's made and there might be you might there might be some sort of connection like maybe he's thinks he's worshiping the right god through these idols or something like that. But the That's point still, is still he's attributing God's work to something else. Even, yeah. you even at least this to Aaron an image. And, yeah, yeah, Aaron and the golden calf. He says, "Behold, you
1: know the the God's god took out of the land of Egypt." And it's like yeah. he says the Lord, he says Yahweh, but it's a it's a piece of metal. Um, yeah. And so you're, you're breaking the first and second, second commandment, especially there. Right. And the third. (laughs) You're just,
0: you're just going, how can I take out, how can I mess up all of these? Right.
1: Yeah. But yeah. So, um, uh, look at what God has done, praise him and thank him for that in truth. Uh, and I think that's one thing that Paul emphasizes all the, all the time is gratitude and thanksgiving. Um, and, uh, and recognition of the works of God, and also hope and confidence in the promises of God. Seeing how faithfully He's been to His works in the past, and remembering in our lives um, that that God is the one who has done yeah. and, and has worked mighty many and mighty things in our lives, um, uh, and and we yeah. should honor Him for those things. Because when you take credit for something that God does, like if when you were a little kid and like you cleaned the house um that one time in your whole childhood unprompted and your mom was like oh my gosh the house is so clean and your sibling was like yeah i just thought it'd be nice and you're like i did that and you get really upset with i them. will destroy you don't take credit for yeah. stuff that god does that is blaspheming his name you see you see the comparison yeah. Should we go to question 56 yeah, let's, let's go, go, to, go question to question 56. 56
0: let's bring it home here we go question 56 What is the reason annexed to the third commandment? And the answer the reason annexed to the third commandment is that, however, the breakers of this commandment may escape punishment from men, yet the Lord our God will not suffer them to escape his
1: righteous judgment. Again, for you all, question 56 of the Shorter Catechism What is the reason annexed to the third commandment? The reason annexed to the third commandment is that, however, the breakers of this commandment may escape punishment from men. Yet the Lord, our God will not suffer them to escape his righteous judgment. And basically this um, comes from the second half of the commandment. And the the question is why, why should we not take the name of the Lord in vain? And the, and the reason for that, the answer to question 56, and the reason you don't take the Lord's name in vain is because if you do, God will punish you. <laughs> yeah. That's the, like, like, and we say that flippantly and that's maybe not great. Um, but but God has, again, a high concern for his name, his reputation, his glory, uh, which are all rightly due. The glory and honor that God demands and concerns himself with are justly and rightly due to him. Uh, and God is concerned for his own glory and honor because going all the way back to episode two in question one of the catechism, um, God's glory and honor are our greatest joy that's what we exist for um, and it is our greatest good that the things the glory the reputation the honor that are due to God it's for our greatest good that they be given to God um, uh, and he deserves them as God um, and and because God has such a high concern for his name and his glory um, he punishes those who blaspheme him um yeah. blasphemy used to be punished with death under the old under the, uh, the old covenant law in israel when israel was a theocracy and a theonomy uh, and it, Heck, will... it might have been punished that way under the roman catholic church up until the middle ages or something. <laughs> that's there are certainly times where it was um <laughs> yeah. and and it will be in the second death with the second death all blasphemers will die the second death uh, yeah. of, of punishment um and God is rightly concerned for the glory and honor that is his because it is rightfully his and because it is why he made all things. And it's because it's the greatest good of all those things that God received the honor and glory that is due to him. But yeah, like we should take seriously what God takes seriously. I, um, and he takes seriously the honoring of his name. And it is good and right that we do so. And as with all of God's commands, it is for our good that we do so as well.
0: Yeah. I was just thinking of the the verse, you know, talks about all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved it's like what a what a great honor that God has revealed his name to us through his word and he's that not... the
1: revelation of his name does indeed bring about our salvation the revelation of his name yeah. is for our good sorry keep going. yeah
0: no you're good thanks for the clarification um yeah like he's revealed his name to us so that we can you know know him and ultimately be saved through calling on his name. What what a perversion of that it is when we use his name in vain. When we when we use his name flippantly as though knowing God, you know, lets us, you know, yeah, well, I'll do whatever I want. You know, when the sovereign holy lord of the universe has reached down into our sinful world to save us, Um, We, we flippantly, you know, act as if he has no hold over us or, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I think when we, the, the greater our picture of God is, I think the more we realize that he, his name deserves our respect and our reverence. And, you know, we, yeah, we, we cannot just mess around with him. Yeah, yeah. You Absolutely. can't you can't reach back
1: and touch the ark of the covenant. You're gonna die. <laughs> All right, we're derailing again. Sorry, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, and and again, why? Like, what a shame it is to take s- such a great privilege and a great grace of knowing God and knowing Him by name and knowing Him by His covenant name and defiling Him and bringing Him dishonor with that privilege. Um, take seriously what God takes seriously. Um, shall we move to the question with the catechumens? Do it. Cool. Uh, okay, so um this i, I I'm sorry. Um, i'll'll I'll have said this in an email by the time this gets published, but this comes from Rebecca. Rebecca, you sent this to us a while ago, but we pre-recorded several episodes because of the busyness of the summer. And so this is this is almost a month old um but i'm but sorry we're, rebecca we're getting to it um and and thanks for your kind words and um and yeah so hopefully this question and answer is not only helpful to you but also to the other listeners so basically um R- rebecca talks about how she's working through the gospel of john and she comes across a verse uh it's it's john 5 28 and 29 um and she was wrestling with what this verse means relative to justification, particularly what does, I'll read the verse in a second, but what do, what, what do good deeds mean and how do we reconcile how, what, how, what Jesus says in John 5, 28, 29, um, with, uh, with our understanding of justification, um, and, and being, being, apart from works uh, and not yeah. the result of works. And so I'll read the passage and then I'll give my quick thoughts and I'll let John give his sure. and then we'll wrap up. So John five twenty eight through 29, and this is in the NASB, which is the, the version of sheet she, Rebecca sent to us um, reads, do not marvel at this for an hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and will come forth those who did good deeds to a resurrection of life and those who committed the evil deeds to a a resurrection of judgment. Um, And there's a variety of thoughts, some shared by Rebecca, some shared in some commentaries I double checked with. um, um, And and we're not going to get into those because adding a bunch of possible answers would maybe add to confusion. Uh, But basically, how can we read this passage the hour is coming in which all who are in their tombs will hear his voice and will come forth those who did good deeds to a resurrection of life, and those who committed evil deeds to a resurrection of judgment. How can we see that and hold that or reconcile that with our understanding that justification is not by good works or good deeds, but it's by it's by grace? And and so basically, um one the the gist that I think is, is helpful to the heart of answering this question is the hermeneutics is the study of interpretation uh, mm. and the hermeneutical principle or the re- the idea you should have when you're reading your bible is that context determines meaning context mm. determines meaning and so the question is in john's gospel what what is meant by good deeds um what 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 does jesus in john's gospel call good works um and, and what does jesus in john's gospel call evil works or evil deeds and so how does john uh, john's language what does this what does this kind of language mean when john uses it and if you look throughout john's gospel uh what what you'll you'll see is that good deeds are the coming to Christ in faith and belief coming into the light. The light shines in the darkness. Darkness has not overcome it. Um, Those who are, do not believe are condemned already. Uh, They hate the light. This is in John one and John three, things like that. Um, And and there's a contrast in John's gospel of those who believe those who have faith, those who are of the light and those who have eternal life with those who are um, do not believe those who uh, are of the darkness, who hate the light because it reveals their evil deeds. Uh, a- and so when Jesus says something like those who did the good deeds to a life of resurrection, well, what are good deeds? Good deeds are coming to Christ by faith. Um, and I just want to read quickly from, uh, uh, D a Carson's gospel of John commentary, which is really good. Um, mm-hmm. and kind of summarizes, uh, what, what I've kind of been saying. Um, he says, D.A. Carson says, and if you have the commentary and want to double, double check or read the, more about this, it's on page 258, um, the gospel of John or the gospel according to John by D.A. Carson. Um, that's the commentary. The gospel according yep. to John was written by John. Nice. Stupid joke. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> in the context of the fourth gospel, quote, those who have done good or good things are those who have come to the light so that it may be plainly seen that what they have done they have done through God um, check verse 321 John 321 um what they have done they have done through God conversely those who have done evil things loved the darkness instead of the light because their deeds were evil John three nineteen, um, John is not juxtaposing or holding up against each, each, each other salvation by works with salvation of faith. He, uh, and he will, which he will shortly insist from John 6, 29 quote, the work of God is this to believe in the one whom he has sent. Uh, and, and again, if you look at John 6, um, this, uh, uh, John Jesus is teaching that that true believers are those who are continually coming to him, continually hearing, that their hunger and thirst is satiated um, by, by continually coming and believing. Uh, the good works are believing in Christ. Uh, and, and so that's what is going on there. Um, and I think that's a good summary of that. How, and again, summary context determines meaning. How does John use specific words and phrases throughout John's gospel? Um, Jesus and John in his recording of Jesus words, um, summarizes faith and belief as, uh, and, and calls the good deeds unto life. Um, the coming, the believing, the eating, the drinking, um, uh, faith in Christ and believing in him and those who, who love the light held up against those who love the darkness, who do not come, who do not continually come, do not continually, do not continually, do not continually drink, uh, uh, and uh, and so this is is basically saying those who are in Christ, who have come to Him by faith, to the resurrection of life, and those who have loved the darkness rather than the light, and perpetuated and continued in their evil deeds, to a resurrection of judgment.
0: Yeah, I would, I I guess I'd throw in. Just two super quick points in addition, and then we'll call it a day. First one would be um, one thing. This is just a general sort of exegetical,
1: hermeneutical. Exegesis and hermeneutics are uh, uh, like. Sorry. (laughs) No, it's good. Like uh, interpreting and taking out of the text what it is saying and teaching. Yeah. And and interpreting it and and finding out what it means.
0: Yeah. so, So a good sort of exegetical and hermeneutical principle is also to remember to. Read the Bible in the context of itself. And so, if this is not specifically a, a particularly intense example of this, but if you, um, you know, let's say read a passage on uh, slavery or something, and you, and you know, see, oh, Paul's saying, you know, slaves must respect their masters. Therefore, and you take that verse and you just make it say anything you want about slavery. Slavery is fine. Slavery is good. You can mercilessly handle your slaves. All of this, like, that is taking a verse, making it say what you want it to say rather than reading it in light of all of scripture. And so with this, you know, if we were to say, oh, you know, maybe, I guess we got some works righteousness here, you know, do enough to be saved. Like, it'd be like, all right, well, how does this gel with, so much of the rest of the bible including so much of the rest of john um and like you're saying read in context and so i think that's one thing the second thing basically just just kind of back up what you were saying josh is i think when i when i read this you know you know those who who've done good resurrection of life those who have done evil a resurrection of death you know who would who would deserve to be punished for doing something evil all mankind we've all you know we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of god um the only one who would who would be saved for good is christ and so we who would who you know would want to be saved we would be saved on good works but they wouldn't be our good works they'd be christ's good works um who we are united with that's basically what you were saying but i just yeah cool i just liked that way of phrasing it
1: yeah, no it's it's a very it's a very Sproulian way to speak. Sproulian. Um, <laughs> that's a very famous <laughs> RC Sproul bit. Anyways, yeah. hope that was helpful. Um, I think that's it. Yeah cool uh please send us emails to catechized at gmail.com with further questions and clarifications about anything we said in this or any other episode um or or things that you maybe would want us to talk about in other places um or other thoughts you have we love engaging with people please do that uh follow us on instagram and twitter at catechized pod mostly instagram twitter's kind of dead for us um uh it's a a cesspool anyways um uh (laughs) give us a a like and subscribe and comment to review um, in app on the Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any of those. Um, And uh, uh, yeah, please share if you think this is helpful. Also big shout out to our first Patreon supporter. Thank you so much. (laughs) uh, Tyler V. You are literally our hero. Um, We, we will reach out so you can, uh, we can, we can get that. You
0: are, you are putting uh, bread on the table
1: well yeah Uh, sure metaphorically (laughs) i I have bread on the table but john's fine everybody um but but no we'll reach out to you so those cookies Josh sent
0: me two years ago all right go ahead that's right Uh, we haven't been doing this even for a year and a
1: half Um, right, (laughs) Uh, it feels like two years ago (laughs) 2020 am i right ha uh but yeah uh, we'll reach out to you so we can get you the your your catechizer your kids mug um Uh, thank you for real that that support is both encouraging and genuinely helpful um and and yeah please do share this we want to be uh we want to be a a service to the church of christ and if um and if you think we are that uh uh yeah i don't know um also
0: just to just to wet the palate for for all of you who are listening me and josh are thinking of throwing together some shirts or something some catechizer. oh yeah gear.
1: some some little merchy merch for the for the for the friends of the show <laughs> um so that'll Basically, be for me and josh and whoever that'll be coming <laughs> in the nearish future um yeah. we have a little more research to do anyways yeah good fun fun things all around um uh catechizer kids all right goodbye Bye bye <laughs>